guys. And no days off. Let's go. One way or another, the name is Law Nation. Let's continue to grind and shine on this special day. Happy Father's Day to all of you guys that's here. Shout out to the notification squad. Really appreciate each and every last one of you all. Let's go. Mama said there will be days just like this, right? And I know for sure. I absolutely know for sure that you guys had beautiful, beautiful, beautiful weekend. But what better way to tune in more to this weekend with yours truly, Law Nation? Without hesitations nor deviations to the matter, be sure to hit that like button. Share this content. Let a friend or a neighbor know where to go when they want to tune in to Cowboys Sports Talk and beyond. Let me hear it again. Happy Father's Day to you all. Come on. They say, really, ain't no party like a cowboy party. What about a Law Nation rule? Come on. Right. Let's get it. I hope you guys are in the mix in the right way. Shout out to everybody that's part of this one way or another. Let's go. Five, four, three, two. Yep. Chris Davis, I see you, fam. What did they come in? What's up, everybody, man? I hope you guys had a beautiful day, man. I know I did. I had a blast. I was treated like the king that I am, I guess. You know how this thing goes, Cowboy Nations. Ever since I woke up this morning, I was uh, pampered, and I really appreciate uh, uh, the families for, for being there for me. And I thank all of you guys who called me personally, who got my private number, and I thank those who text me and wishing me a happy Father's Day. Now, in return... I would like to say Happy Father's Day to you all as well. Uh, I know today could be a high day for most and a low day for most because you know fathers are those who 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 help elevate their sons, right? But this also a day of recognition and also a day of remembrance to those fathers, those good fathers. That, that passed away that you had to go to the grave site to see. And that's just how it goes from here. Uh, I, I just think that, you know, we never we never pass away, actually, or we never die. We just leave off from this dimension and go to a next one. But I really appreciate everybody for tuning in. It, all, all together, all together, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, now we've been segue right into the Cowboys, right? Now it's what, five weeks? Or is it four weeks now? It's five weeks now, right? Five weeks until we see 
any level of what they're going to do as it relates to one-on-ones, group training, football in general, throwing the ball around, who should make this team, who's not making this team, and these sorts of things. Shatia Asmodeus, Juneteenth, appreciate you uh, for, for remembering that too. Uh, shout out to you, Mark. McCarthy, shout out to you. Uh, Raymond, appreciate you. Tyler, thank everybody for jumping in. Shout out to those that's on the Facebook. I really appreciate those who also support the channel via Facebook. Uh, sharing is caring. That goes a long way as well. Uh, it, it's been one of those things, Cowboy Nation, whereas this offseason, on how it ended, it appears that we didn't get enough of it, but I Really appreciate those who watched the Osa video. And they said, you know what? Law, man, Osa, shoo, he, he did his thing. Osa was really on his groove last season. And now that he got a year under his belt, who knows what's going to happen now with the, with the thought tracks of what Dan Quinn brings to the table. Mixed in with what Parsons is going to bring in to the table. Oh, excuse me, Gallimore. So we can looking at all of those things. Shout out to you, Aladdin, the magic. Appreciate you. He says the Bears going to the Super Bowl. Shout out to you and your love affair for the Bears. We, we really appreciate all of the trolls here as well. But I believe that you are a good guy, right? But shout out to you and your Bears. Shout out to you, Charles Murray. Appreciate you. Uh, Jerome, appreciate you. Happy Father's Day if you are a father to you as well. Uh, I kill appreciate you. Thank you for jumping in 100. So um, the, here's the thing. <laughs> Tart, uh, my guy Fernando reminded me, Tart uh, signing with the Eagles. What you think about that? I mean, he's not the honey badger. I mean, he's, he's just going to be another guy that's going to get burnt in their particular system. <laughs> Look. If I must say this, the Eagles, and I, and I get it, a lot of people want to talk about the Eagles and what they did during the offseason. Their offseason is no different than what we've seen the year before that and the year before that, right? And the year before that, we always hear news of the Eagles. They, 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 they talk with a lot of noise, right, all offseason, until we play them. They get to beat Dallas shirts. I get it right. Last year. Oh Darius Slay. No one can throw on him. Well, we ran right through him. <laughs> like a baby with diarrhea. We kept running. I think we're still running over him. Right. When we got. You just, just, just hear me out. Man we got Anthony Harris. Who had blah 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 interceptions. All I can see him on the field. Is C.D. Lamb splitting the defense. On a goal route. Right? Harris. Nowhere to be found. Right? Oh, maybe we got James Bradbury. It's going to be a different story. I turn on the tape. Watch the Giants. With their Bradbury. And all I saw was flames. Boy getting burnt like toast. So it, it is what it is. Now, what needs to be happening right now, the Eagles, the Washington team, or the Washington Commanders, and the Giants need to thank their father 
Dak Prescott. They need to thank their father. They need to honor thy father, right? They need to honor him and tell him Happy Father's Day. If not, you know, <laughs> they, they, they really do. They really do need to thank their father, Dak Prescott. They do. They should be all in Dak Prescott. And saying, oh, Father, we thank you so much. <laughs> oh, Rain Dakota Prescott. <laughs> Father, would you be nice to us this time around? Let me know where I'm lying. <laughs> they really do. If you are, if you are Eagles, a Washington commander, a Giants, you really need to contribute this day to your daddy. His name is Dak Prescott. <laughs> so on behalf of them, they should say happy, happy Father's Day, Dak Prescott. <laughs> they do. They do. Shout out to everybody that's watching. They really do. But, but neither here nor there. The Dallas Cowboys heading into the, to this season. Since Lassie was a puppy, shout out to you, Chris Davis. <laughs> shout out to you, Cab Cleveland. Appreciate it, all of you guys. Uh, Bears haven't beaten the Packers since Lassie was a puppy. Oh, wow. You know, the Chicago Bears, the Chicago Bears, boy, oh, boy. They had their way with us when we had the Garrett administration. They did. They did. I remember and I recall a game that Tony Romo played against them, and he threw for five interceptions, right? I remember and I recall a time um, when we played against the Bears and Orlando Skadrick, you know, is in fisticuffs, mad and angry and upset. But in 2000, I believe in 2016, I think we played against the Bears, or it could have been the 17th. Boy, we, we, we did roast them boys up, right? I have to go over my Bears versus Cowboys history. But shout out to the Bears. I think we play them this year, so that's why a Bears fan is in here. He's early to the party. But that's okay. Just have a seat. Uh, Bears need to quit playing and give us a uh, Robert Quinn for fifth. This is from Wowzers. I think that's how you say your name. Hey, that would be nice. <laughs> but, you know, that salary, Stephen Jones don't like that money aspect of it. And I don't think that he is willing to pay or pony up to pay that type of money for him. All right, so let's get to this right quick because I'm not going to keep you guys long. I know some of you guys are ready to go to bed, right? Nightcap with law. Late night hype. Yo, who, who remember who remember the late night hype? <laughs> Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Who remember the the late night hype? So this is the late night hype uh 3.0 now. I'm gonna be late night hyping with you on today. Okay. Uh let me see if I can pull this up so I can go over this article. Shout out to this article from the Landry Hat. And we're going to go over this uh, one by one. And here we go. All right. Here go Dak Prescott. All right. So in this article, they was talking about four things, four things that um, we really, four things that we need to take away from OTAs and minicamp basically or Observation for the nation, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, DeMarcus, not where, but Lawrence, look fully healthy. 
Why is this a pivotal situation? Well, first and foremost, we all know that last year, Dak Prescott himself had to play through a recoveration. Like, like he had to recover, right? Recovery is different from injury. Let me repeat. Recovery is different from injury. Dak Prescott had to recover from an injury last season, and he had to get through that, play his first game, which he did remarkable in, although we carried the L, right? We held the L, but he went on his run, and it was one of his better seasons as it relates to that spurt of runs. Within the confines of that run, D-Law got hurt, broke his foot, didn't get a chance to see him until the latter part of the season last year, but that was okay. Because people failed to realize, let me let me put the comments up. People failed to realize is this right here. That if D-Law never got hurt, we probably would never been able to see the full capacity of Michael Parsons on the edge, right? The world was burning down because they said, hey, D-Law is hurt. We don't have, uh, I think Randy Gregory got nicked up, so we had to play against the Chargers, and everybody was like, ah, Those were those are the sounds of the fans celebrating that we got hurt or what have you. And we was pretty much left out for dead. Brandon Williams says a blessing in disguise, right? <laughs> Appreciate you. And uh, what happened here is that we inserted Michael Parsons, who that will be. I'm, I'm going to do this for you guys. I, I thank you guys for, for watching the OSA situation. So what I'm going to try to do now is I'm going to break down the Parsons situation, but I got to do uh, ghosting first. And we're going to go into good details of what Parsons was able to do last year. And maybe it'd be a two part series, a two part film session of Parsons of what he did last year and the expectations of what he should do this season. So look out for that tape within these next five weeks, right? So I want to be able to give you guys some good stuff to chew on as it relates to Parsons and what he brings to the table, right? There's going to be a little series there. First and foremost, like I said, you would never be able to see the full capacity of Parsons if D-Law didn't break his foot. The good thing about D-Law, every game that he played in last season, he created a fumble or a interception, a turnover basically, which is not bad at all. And all we can think of, if we can get a healthy D-Law for the entire stretch, my goodness. But let me ask y'all this uh, question right here. Shout out to you, David. Appreciate you, uh, Aladdin. Appreciate you. Padres lost again. Oh, crazy, crazy Padres. Uh, oh, Q, QK TV, appreciate you. So with that being said, let me ask you guys a question. Are, are you guys feeling that D-Law is injury prone? Is he like a, a, a Sean Lee type of injury guy? Because we did pay him some good money. We did. 
And he gonna have to stay up and be ready. Hmm? You got a do-rag on now, Law? <laughs> Shout out to you, Brandon. Appreciate you. Got the do-rag on. Get them waves in there, fam. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, Cuban boy says, 24, he says, yep. Yeah, sadly, but yeah. So um, the same breath of us, let me just not even use Sean Lee. The same breath that we're talking about, Tyron Smith, we can use D-Law in that same situation. Like, dog, expect him to get hurt for at least one or two games. So D-Law, get right, man. We, we, but according to this article right here, uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Demarcus Lawrence and Dak Prescott look fully healthy. Uh, my thing is with Ezekiel Elliott, there's been a, a strong battle cry for Ezekiel Elliott. Let me see if I can find some of his clippings here, uh, Cowboy Nation. And let's talk about this Ezekiel Elliott, if I can find one of these clips. Appreciate everybody for jumping in uh, and tuning in for uh, the conversation. Good interception, though, uh, by Jordan Lewis. But Ezekiel Elliott, the conversational piece, Ben. Oh, man, Ezekiel Elliott. The PCL tear. Why did the coaching staff and operation didn't bench Ezekiel Elliott so that he can get fully healed? And the argument left and right is that we need Ezekiel Elliott in to block. Right? Tony Pollard can't block. That's the uh, the BS argument there. I, I just look at it like this. Coaching malpractice. I get it. Coaching staff just didn't know how to say, hey, Zeke, we want we want you. We need you. However, you got a torn PCL tear. Uh, We're going to give Tony some more touches. But that never happened. That world never exists, right? So heading into this 2022 season with Ezekiel Elliott, one thing I can tell you for sure. If healthy USC runs like this, that I'm showing you right now, right? USC runs like that for the full year. My thing is, my 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 complete thought of this Cowboy Nation. If and that's the word if I'm using the if word, the Dallas Cowboys can get out of there their own way and utilize both backs, it's going to be trouble. That's all I'm going to say on that. But I want Ezekiel Elliott to be healthy, and by him being healthy, that's, those are things that can manifest itself into greatness. It can. It flat out can. So I, I do like that aspect of it, Cowboy Nation. And I get it. We fight against each other, amongst each other, or we fight with other teams about elite or not elite and all of this crazy crap, right? Uh, look, my guy Louis T, I love him to death, man. Shout out to him, Washington Commander uh, fan or what have you. His father is a Cowboys fan. And we're going back and forth on Twitter, back and forth, back and forth about Emmett Smith, right? His whole argument that, you know, Emmett, let me see if I can pull this up. I, I, I think I should do it. Oh, that's me and uh, the legendary Michael Parsons. Let me pull up this right quick. Hold on. And it stemmed from this conversation right here. Ezekiel Elliott, first 88 uh, games, 1,009, well, 1,938 touches, uh, 109 per, per game, what have you, and Barry Sanders, 118. But it stemmed from that conversation. 
And <clears throat> shout out to these great legends right here. Uh, yeah, in short, somehow we, we got into a conversation about Emmett versus Barry Sanders. And basically, let me read this out. I literally said, I will, I, me, I don't know about you guys. I don't know about the Cowboy fans who look at other players and say, hey, man, they will be better. But I will always choose, hear me out, Cowboy Nation, Emmett Smith over Barry Sanders. People continue to discount Barry Sanders? No. Let me read this like this. People continue to discount the all-time rushing leader. Also, nobody got more rushing touchdowns than Emmitt, and he still holds the playoff touchdown of 19. That's the record. No, no other running back in the history of the NFL got 19 touchdowns. And Emmett's single-season touchdown record of 25 touchdowns was unstoppable. Now, granted, LaDainian Thomason, he got 31 single-season touchdowns. He the only one that, that, that trumped my guy, Emmett Smith. But what I'm trying to say here is that this conversation stemmed all the way back to the conversational piece of Ezekiel Elliott. Versus Barry Sanders, which somehow all of a sudden is spilled over to Emmett versus Barry. But what I'm trying to say here, Cowboy Nation, is this is the thing. As everybody would love to say that Barry Sanders was the greatest of all time or what have you, people fail to realize football. Yes, it is a team sport. But you cannot discount the touchdown machine from your running back. When it's time to find the red zone, money zone, green zone, and he can get in there, boom. That was Emmett, baby. Uh, <clears throat> Emmett was the GOAT. Barry was excitement. Yeah, <laughs> it goes all the way back like who can block? Emmett can block, believe it or not, at five foot nine, two, two oh nine. And it goes all the way back to this right here. You can't discount 164 touchdowns. And you cannot discount the way he protected the ball. You see, you, you can talk glowingly of Barry Sanders. But he had 10 fumbles in one season. Emmett never had 10 fumbles in one season. You can talk glory of Barry Sanders, but he don't have 19 touchdowns in the playoffs. Right? Oh, but it T. What are we doing here? Numbers don't lie. Shout out to everybody. Oh, wait a minute. Let me load this thing over around. You know, so that's the reality of it, Cowboy Nation. Numbers do not lie. And the time is for this right here. That's just that's just rushing, you know, Jamal. Yeah, that's just rushing. I think to be precise, 
I think Emmett had like 61 fumbles. Barry had 50. Emmett played a whole lot longer than Barry, right? So y'all do the quick math on fumble ratio. Who's had it better? Who held on to the ball more? <laughs> and you can't blame the offensive line for fumbling, right? But that's the story of a different day. Back over to the things that we need to talk about most importantly. Uh, number two thing in this article that was presented today or day before yesterday. The linebacker and wide receiver depths are major concerns for the Cowboys. I said that the uh, linebacker room is razor blade thin, and I meant it, right? <laughs> we are razor blade thin at linebackers. But here's the thing is with linebackers, even such when you think about linebackers in general, Cowboy Nation. Let me go right here. Hold on. Bear with me, Cowboy Nation. Bear with me. I got to do something real quick. Got to re-log into this thing. Okay. <clears throat> and here's the thing is with linebackers, we play so much nickel anyhow. We do play a lot of nickel, meaning that you're only going to use two linebackers out of a set. So even if you normally think of base formation with three linebackers in this 4-3 defense, we're not running that many linebackers. So it's pivotal for LVE to step up. It's absolutely pivotal. It's pivotal. It's pivotal for those boys to be in the mix. Uh, they always want to say Emmett played longer, and that's the only reason why BS. Availability, taking care of your body is science and a critical part of being running back greatness. Ooh. Boy, you, you, boy you, you spit the truth, man. I should have had an umbrella today, man. Put the umbrella out. <laughs> but look, man, the thing is with Emmett, stiff form was real. The elusiveness to get out of bounds was another thing. And the vision component was everything. And people could talk about left and right about, hey, man, there was a great wall of Dallas. Great wall of Dallas, you know, Dallas offensive line is the reason why they were able to get all of those yards. You can count on your hand. When Emmett got injured, the other running back that was able to be inserted in behind that offensive line, they didn't get over 100 yards. And if you guys do your quick homework, you'll find out they didn't get over 100 yards. Hmm? Cowboys didn't even win a game behind that massive off offensive line. The craziest thing of it all also with this offensive line back. Look, we have a 90s talk, baby. But I guess it's Q&A day, so it's all good. We could do this. We can flat out do this. Nate Newton, when he played for the Washington Commodes, trash. Nate Newton playing for Dallas, elite. Yo, Gerard says, uh, Barry retired early. Let me put this up here because of his team was trash. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. Look, uh, 
Mr. 316 said he's from uh, uh, Wichita, uh, was it Kansas, Barry, hometown, or what have you. And he agreed 22 hands down. Yeah. Was it Troy Hambrick? Uh, no, I'm talking about even in the early parts of 90 when Emmett, you know, didn't play. Our running back didn't get over 100 yards. <clears throat> what what a lot of people like to do is to ruminate and say, well, that Emmett was just Emmett. He wasn't that great or wasn't that ex- uh, spectacular as a running back. Like what he did in Florida didn't count. Right, like, like, come on, man. <laughs> they they still do the same argument to this day. Like Loomis Brown for the Detroit. I guess he's trash, right? Can somebody pull up Loomis Brown resume? You know, can somebody pull up Loomis Brown? Pull up his resume and let me know, is he a Hall of Famer? How many Pro Bowls he went to? Let me know if Herman Moore, if, if he was somehow in Dallas, he would be a legend, right? But since he played for Detroit, nobody knows who he is, right? Oh, my gosh, man. Um, we had moves. But people fail to realize that when you play for the Cowboys – Everything gets skewed. People like to build this fantasy wall. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. Fairweather, New York City. What's up, man? Appreciate you. Most people would be happy if only we had Zeke and Pollard. Dude, we got both. Yeah. Yeah, text me. You're right. Yeah. All right, but neither here nor there. Let me, let me talk about this. Uh, well, we go back and forth and talk about the, the 90s era but wide receiver depths are a major concern these are things that we picked up um when something is a major concern it goes back to this well what i'm saying is that there are known knowns and that there are known unknowns but there's also unknown unknowns things we don't know that we don't know appreciate your ass motives i thank you everything is magnified in, in cowboys land right because let me see if I can go back to this point right here. Appreciate everybody for jumping in. Thank you guys. All right, let me see if I can go to this thread right here. So this is my argument. Which one is correct? I'm always going to go with the higher number, right? Uh, he says, now you are right about Emmett Straight Dog, but I know you ain't trying to say that he's better than Barry Sanders. Say it ain't so. And then uh, y'all people love Mr. Negative 5000. This guy, Todd Zilla, he's pretty much fighting for me. And then they going back and forth with their debates. And let me see if I can find you guys. Uh, I think he probably. Uh, Barry was a better pure runner. Emmett was a more complete running back. Simple as that. Uh, I can't accept the fact that I would listen to an argument, but it's not... Mike drop statement. Uh, blah blah blah. I can't find it. Maybe he deleted it. I don't know where he put it at. Let me see. But we had this whole long drawn conversation out about this. My point is altogether is that no one is right nor wrong. But to my team and my organization, 
I will always stand tall to my guys or for my guys. And uh, that's, that's basically the bottom line to all of this. Here it goes. I know I started this conversation out. Okay, this is where it came from. These modern-day Cowboy fans would take Jerry Rice over Michael Irvin, Barry Sanders over Emmitt Smith, Jim Kelly over Troy Aikman. And the reason why I said that is because, first and foremost, people have the the fantasy football mindset, and they look at Jerry Rice and what he was able to do in San Francisco land and say Jerry Rice is the better wide receiver. And that's basically it. Jerry Rice is the better wide receiver. Two different systems, they passing through the ball all day. Granted, what Jerry Rice did in 49ers land with Joe Montana, amazing from Joe Montana over to uh, um, um, uh, uh, Steve Young or what have you. Amazing. Wonderful. Got multiple Super Bowls with it. But even with what our guy was able to do in a run first system, put up some unbelievable numbers. And Michael, the playmaker, Irvin, we know he had his demons. He was still able to elevate this said team, even coming off of a high. Right. We can only imagine if Michael Irvin was a rehabilitated man his entire career and didn't have any off season shenanigans. He probably would be the greatest wide receiver to ever put on cliques. But that's the story of a different day. I'm going after my guy, the playmaker regardless of what people may think of Jerry Rice. This is my thoughts. My guy, Emmett Smith, over Barry Sanders any day because I know for sure in a playoff game, if even if it's a separated shoulder, I know my guy is going to score the touchdown. I know that my guy is still going to catch the ball out of the backfield, right, and run it in for a touchdown. I know that my guy wouldn't have the heart to say, you know what? I'm quitting because of this or because of that. My guy is going to overcome any obstacle that's put in front of him because he have that warrior's mentality. And when you think about it, Jerry Rice got better stats than Michael Irvin, Barry Sanders, and from a certain point of view, got better stats than my guy Emmitt Smith and Jim Kelly. If you look at Jim Kelly, he got tons of better stats than Troy. But give me Troy Aikman over Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly literally got a better completion percentage, passer rating, more yards, more touchdowns, right? And less rings. It sounds similar to Emmitt versus Barry Sanders, right? But that's a story of a different day. Give me my dogs any day. Line them up, lace them up, and I will be the guy at the end of the year with five Super Bowl rings. Now, the only person out of this grouping here that got multiple rings is Jerry Rice. By the way, who was a, a Cowboy fan, by the way? <laughs> uh, yep. Troy did whoop him back to back. Ain't this right, Richard? Appreciate you. Yeah, <laughs> we knocked Jim was hurt one of those uh, years that we played a bit in the Super Bowl. We kind of knocked uh, one of the quarterbacks out, but that's a story of a different day. But I'm still taking Troy over Jim. Uh, cocaine is a hell of a drug. Ain't this right, Tally? Appreciate you. Uh, yeah, facts law. Cowboy fans these days are all all convert the players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
on the other teams. Yeah, they, they convert to loving other players for other teams. It's crazy. Um, <clears throat> Emmett versus Sanders is like Brady versus Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, by the way, um, is clearly more talented. But at the end of the uh, day, I guess uh, Brady is winning who helps his team win multiple championships. Give me Emmett all day. Dallas doesn't have three chips without him. This is from Banks. Yeah. I can't stand Aaron Rodgers, though. You should have picked someone else, but. <sighs> Aaron Rodgers, man, that dude get multiple passes, though. Last year, they had the third-ranked defense in the National, no, sixth-ranked defense in the National Football League. Um, the best wide receiver hand down in the National Football League. And a running attack that can get you multiple yards on the grass and he can catch out of the backfield. That, uh, I think his name is Aaron Jones, whatever you, or Aaron Rodgers, whatever his name is, Aaron Jones, whatever his name is, the running back over there. He gets a pass. He gets a pass every year. That freaking Aaron Rodgers get a pass every freaking year. He got talent, but he can't win. I, I, I hate to say this to most people, bust their bubble. It's been 13 years. But let me get off of Aaron Rodgers, man, because I don't want to <laughs> – I ain't going to want to speak my wisdom teeth on that. All right, so number three, uh, did I finish everything up on the uh, wide receiver? Yeah, let me finish up the wide receiver. I appreciate everybody for tuning in and joining this uh, episode. Uh, I know I'm everywhere with the topics tonight. But we having a good night, right? We having a good night. We having a good one, right? Oh, you think darkness is your ally? Hmm. So, wide receiver. I said the unknown and all of the other things. Simply like, because you don't have evidence that something does exist does not mean that you have evidence that something doesn't exist. I talked about that. James Washington, Simi, and, of course, T.J. Vasher. We've been hearing stuff about him. But what about this Jalen Tober kid? This guy right here, Jalen Tobert, um, he's a guy that was drafted in the third round. And we have a lot of high expectations out of him. Six foot, one and a half. Because some people say, hey, Law, he's not six three. Six foot, one and a half, right? Uh, I was going off of his uh, college resume, so I apologize. Six foot, one and a half. He runs a four four forty. He can find the soft spots in the zone. He can line them up inside or out. He can play that out wide receiver or inside. They primarily uh, last week on the one day of minicamp in a few OTAs, they had him pretty much running inside routes, right? So uh, inside routes, why is that important? Because year one, he don't have to worry about getting off the jam. He got two-way goals. And I think when I say two-way goals, uh, that's, that's being able to crease it on the out or cut back into the inside. So what I think the Cowboys are going to do is primarily rotate Lamb on the outside and in the inside as it relates to some of their route concepts. And this guy, if they can look at 
this particular person, Jalen Tobert, to give us some similar productions of what we got out of Randall Cobb, then we're winning. We're flat out winning. I believe that's what they're looking at. And I think that his production level projected, if he stays healthy and he continued to pick up said system, dare I can say his production year one could be better than what we had out of Cedric Wilson. I said it. So that's what they're banking on. It, this is still the... The absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. This is still that. But Cowboy Nation, hear me out. It is very possible that Jalen Tober can do similar things of Randall Cobb or whatever you think of Cole Beasley, what he was doing here. I think that he can do those concepts. And James Washington. You, bruh, you got to get out there on the field. We got five weeks until we see James Washington, and we can root for him. I like his yak yards after catch, but we we, we got to wait and see. But the major concerns are still wide receiver because it's the area of the unknown. You have everybody, everybody that's playing in this wide receiver role never played as D1. Never on the NFL level. So this is the area of entering the unknown. Okay. Uh, the third thing that came about in his OTAs in minicamp, the Cowboys, knock on wood, found a kicker. Jonathan Garibay. Now, their biggest epic mistake that they're doing, in my opinion, he don't got no competition. They said, hey, this is role has belonged to you. So it's just him. There's no Chris Nagar out there. Uh, Greg, the leg, uh, Zerlon is gone or what have you. So it's just this kid all by himself. So we hope Jonathan Garibay, until now, until further notice, uh, we don't know, maybe in the following weeks, we do have one available spot that's open on our roster. Maybe they bring in somebody to have a kicking competition, but they truly believe in Jonathan Garibay. Let me see if you guys, do y'all believe in him? Let me know, yes or no, in the chat. Join the Rumble, too, Cowboy Nation. Y'all see, join the Rumble, click that link right there, uh, and, and we give you guys more details about what the rumble is all about they'll bring in one but one somebody in camp yeah you're right they should uh i hope he's like our dan bailey this is from uh on b 23 yeah i think garibay can be like the Bengals kicker last year yeah 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 i see some uh, people saying yes they'll bring in some guys uh appreciate you chris davis man we all love you too over here uh, Barry was a one and generational player. Barry Sanders had five B cans for blockers. Oh my gosh, man. Uh, somehow I kill. Let me, let me, let me pull this up. 
Let me pull this up because a lot of people, y'all only, and it's not your fault. You listen to the pundits, the critics, and you listen to the people that's on the national radio or what have you, but they like to say that this guy's trash, uh, basically. And let me, let me see if Brown is trash, right? He's Super Bowl champion, uh, four-time second-team All-Pro, uh, and 95 all all pro first team seven time pro bowler right Detroit Lions all time team winner first team all SEC when he was in college what have you uh, let's see and majority of those things he played for Detroit Lions from 1985 all the way to 1996 now the good thing is those seven-time Pro Bowls that you guys said that he's trash came when he was in the uh, pretty much prime of Barry Sanders' career. The prime. And the two other guards and tackle that was on that offensive line, they made multiple Pro Bowls. They didn't make it while they was playing with the Lions or what have you. But Doggett... They surely did make multiple Pro Bowls. So how can you literally say a seven-time Pro Bowler, Loomis Brown, Hall of Famer, Gold Jacket, I believe he, I think he is a Hall of Famer, right? I think he, or, or he been there, <laughs> I think he is a Hall of Famer. How is all of a sudden I kill, how is he trash? You know, can, can somebody please tell me? Oh, I'm not serious. Okay. Oh, whoo, whoo. I, I, thought, I thought you were saying that, you know, <laughs> oh my gosh man oh, oh shout out to you Rue Glock my dog appreciate you but I kill man I, you know I roll with you fam but I'm just saying though you know I'm just trying to figure this out I'm just trying to figure this out because a lot of people will say and, and I'm going back and forth with all of this conversation but if, if anybody want to have gripe on the Lions, is most is more so on, on their coach philosophy and how they kind of hang. He's not a Hall of Famer, not yet. Thomas A. Garrett, he should he should be in the Hall of Fame. They sh- they need to give this brother a gold jacket, <laughs> Loomis Brown, but he should be in there. He should be knocking on the door of a Hall of Fame. He eventually would be a Hall of Famer. By the way, I I truly believe he will be, but but neither here nor there. Uh, Philadelphia, shout out to you, uh, Law Nation. Do you do Cowboys fans actually think a ring is a title? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Cowboys, literally. If you really want to dissect it, uh, Philadelphia, the Cowboys literally have eight rings. Eight rings. The Cowboys got eight rings. Literally, the Cowboys got eight rings because you get the ring. The NFC ring when you go to the Super Bowl. All of the players, they get the NFC ring when you go to the Super Bowl. But nobody count those rings. 
because they only care about the Super Bowl in this particular era. Now, before 1960, they did have titles or ways of giving out awards for the team that won the most games in that said season. So technically, the Cowboys got eight rings and five Super Bowl titles or championships. So we don't really count the three times that we went to the Super Bowl or what have you and didn't win it. We only count the time that we won the Super Bowl. That's how we go. That's how we go about it, you know. So the Super Bowl is a ring, yeah. Yep, and a player have to be on the team, I believe, 30% or 40% of the roster time frame in order to get that said ring. Uh, you think wide receiver uh, Houston can splash in in minicamp? Uh, this is from Conley Jones. Um There's two folds. There's literally two folds in the uh, training camp. I should have turned the phone lines on, but but I didn't want to be up all night. Happy Father's Day to you as well, Rob. Uh, thank you so much, and I appreciate everybody. Happy Father's Day to everyone that's a father that's here or future fathers. Man, I appreciate you guys. Two folds to training camp. There will always be a Reggie Davis. A Reggie Davis. Um, Philadelphia says Eagles four titles, Cowboys five titles. And um, with the eyeballs in question. If you want to count the. There's a reason why the NFL specifically say Super Bowl era. Because that is the more difficult chances of winning something or competing against something. The time when the Eagles won their title, I think in 1933, I mean, prohibition was still going on. I mean, people that looked like me didn't have the right to vote. And there was only like four teams out there. But if you guys want to count those championships, titles as titles, then I am not in the liberty to take that away from you. Right? So if you want to count those, then you count them. But it's kind of crass. It's like it's like buying a game and you putting it on the easiest level and beating every every opponent. And you say, "Yeah, I'm the champ, man." Like, no, nah, you ain't put it on hard, man. You you won, you know. <laughs> but it is what it is. Uh, but if you want to count those, count them. If you want to count them, count them. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to count those, right? <clears throat> I'm not. I'm not going to waste any more time. But you know, if, if they want to count them, count them. You know. <laughs> but who, who's who's title town, right? Is is it Packers? Don't nobody got more? Uh, is it Packers title town like the Packers or the Browns or somebody like that? Don't they have a lot of titles? Y'all let me know, and it's like 11 or 12 of them or something like that. 
<laughs> the Great Depressions. Yeah, Packers. Uh, Kevin Talley says Packers. You know, okay, they tighter towels. Do they do they count theirs? How many they got? I know it's more than four, right? Do they count theirs? Do they say, hey man, technically, it's the Lombardi Trophy, and I mean, we 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 the king of it, right? They don't count it because they already know that the Super Bowl era is what really count is when the levels of competition is at its all-time max, at its peak. <laughs> but no one counts it. But if the Eagles want to count it, let them count it. <laughs> you know, and back in 1912, you know, <laughs> we played against, you know, truly, truly, it was so, like, like the funding was so bad. It was so bad in Philadelphia that one season they played the whole year sharing uniforms. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the Philadelphia Eagles shared the uniforms. They even cut them in half. I forgot what they was calling themselves. I think they was calling themselves. They, 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 they took each other's name and they merged them together. So, I mean, like, if they were to win it, you know, oh, do you slice that in half? <laughs> Four scores and seven years ago. <laughs> the Eagles won something. Cowboy, appreciate you. <sighs> Technically, if I, I'm sure I'm using the operative word, the Peagles, do they call them that? What did they call them? Can somebody Google it right quick for me? When the Eagles and the Steelers merged together. <laughs> the Steagles, yeah. Let me see if that's right, man. Ooh, if that's right, man, my memory is so good, baby. Let me let me let me see if I can. I know one thing. The Cowboys ain't merged with no one. Let's see. The un was <laughs> Oh, all right. So an unforgettable 1943 season. <laughs> Let's pull this up right quick. Okay. The Steagles, an unforgettable 1943 season. In the Eagles' long and colorful history, there was never has been another season quite like 1943. That was the year. No thanks. No thanks. I don't want no updates. You know, they say, do you want updates? There was no uh, season, no year like one can remember. For one season, the Eagles and the Pittsburgh Steelers merged to form one team. It became known as the Steagles. <laughs> Despite the craziness involved, they actually finished the season with a winning record. Five, four, and one. <laughs> oh my God, this is what they look like, baby. <laughs> you know, if you want to count that, you know, in 1943, 
<laughs> the guys with slacks and polos. I think at the time, the, the, the tackle in the center and the guard was like 245, you know, 220. You know, that was considered a big dude at that time, you know. Come on, man. But it is, it is what it is. I probably, literally, I probably educated some Eagles fans today on their own history. I appreciate y'all so much, man. <laughs> appreciate you, Coach Ma. What's up, Law? Happy Father's Day. Uh, I wish you were talk, taking calls because this killing top play caller thing shaking my head. Yeah, man, tomorrow I will be taking calls. Uh, I, I try to go live between 11 and 2-ish. So uh, if you guys are available for tomorrow's episode, we <laughs> we would take some calls during that time frame. <sighs> Wait a minute, Cowboy Look. I'm going to have to let Philadelphia be the troll of the, of the week for this episode, man. Happy Father's Day. Philadelphia, uh, be sure to reach out to Dak Prescott to tell him Happy Father's Day, man, uh, on behalf of your Eagles. Please do that. You can inbox him. You can tweet. Uh, you can also hit him up on Instagram. Be sure to tell him, man, Happy Father's Day. But uh, neither here nor there. <laughs> the Cowboys... Um, uh, they they said that they found their kicker, and we'll find out down the line. Um, and the fourth bit of information about the biggest takeaways for the Cowboys mini camp and OTAs: the Cowboys first rounder Tyler Smith looks the part. Now, granted, um, we. we we still playing against a, a, a nasty front four of the Giants, right? Expectations are really high in Giants land. Uh, We're we going to have to make sure our reinforcements is there, right? Uh, granted, we will be playing against a, a seasoned front four Washington football team. Their front four or their front is no one to sneeze at. Right, and I always I'm only going to talk within confines of uh, our NFC East, and then lo and behold, we will face against the Eagles front four this year. Everybody front four. I'm not even going to talk about ours, but I'm talking about theirs right now. It's looking better than what they were last year. Right, I can literally go down the list there and say, hey. This is why the Giants feel like their front four would be better than anybody else's front four in the NFC East because of their levels of expectations, right? And we can go back and forth and talk about each individual player. I just don't have time tonight, but I want you guys to take a look at their respectful or respected front four. And we can talk about the Washington Commanders front four because of the fact that they're going to look at it and saying, hey, they now got their brother back who was injured all last season, and he's looking to step it up, right? And then, of course, all offseason, Chase, you know, Chase for, for the uh, Chase Young for the uh, Washington team, right? They're saying that he's going to be even better. So we just have to sit back and wait. And then, of course, all offseason, 
the team that that won the Super Bowl or a title, the off-season title, the ring, the title town for the NFC East. No one have more Super Bowls or championships than them. The Eagles, right? <laughs> or titles. Oh, yes, what it is. No one have more titles than them up until 1960 because they are the ones that we all need to be mindful of, right? Hassan Reddick. Oh, they got uh, some guys, Big Jordan Davis. They got Nicobe Dean, who's going to be a part of the front seven. Those are guys that fly out to the ball. So how can the Cowboys counteract some of the things that they're talking glowingly about? We got Tyron Smith, who's long in the tooth. They may say this should be his last season, right? Then we have Tyler Smith, who pushed trucks for workout in the morning time up a hill. We have Tyler Biotish, who pretty much started off real rocky last season. Down the stretch, he played a little bit better. Zach Martin, who's long in the tooth right about now, but he's been solid and stable. First team all pro last season. And then you have Terrence Steele. We got to go up against a front that we don't know. <laughs> Daniel Jones ends any conversations about the Giants. Yep. <laughs> uh, they were trying to trade Chase. Laugh out loud. Yep. We'll find out how that's going to cause any type of dysfunction down the line. Right. And what's, what, what was one of those guys that was fighting each other inside? Was it Jonathan Allen? And who else? What was the guys? I forgot their guy's name, those Bama boys. They was fighting each other. <laughs> That's another situation. Yeah, because Carson Wentz has a great record versus Dallas. It's for Rue Glock. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Big Santana says uh, he going to start going to Eagles <laughs> page and, <laughs> on YouTube and troll them. Who should I follow? You know, <clears throat> you you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. You know, um, I'm not going to say it's beneath you to do that, you know, but um, this is all for entertainment. Philadelphia, a good sport. Uh, Payne. Yeah, Payne. Jonathan Allen and Payne. Yeah, they'll fight each other. <laughs> I can't wait to see what they're going to do against each other when we pour in some more spices on them. Uh, the cards got beat, booted out of the NFC East. And they are still better than the Eagles. Chris Davis asks, why were they fighting? Because we, we, we threw upon them the dysfunctions of their defensive scheme via Kellen Moore offensive strategy. Now, my thing is, Kellen Moore going into his fourth year ever calling out plays. Shout out to my guy, Coach Marv. Uh, He really wanted to talk about Kellen Moore's uh, play calling. Uh, My thoughts about Kellen Moore is is purely this, wet behind the ear. Wet, super wet behind the ear. And we hoping if anybody want to have something to throw at the Cowboys, you can throw it at Kellen Moore. But we are hoping that he turned the corner on strategy and scheme on counter, 
counter punches. He got to have his counter punches ready and available for teams that when they pretty much play that cover four quarters defense and not trying to get cute with it, you have to get back to running the football. More isn't that bad is for Mr. Stewart. I, I, I 1,000 percent agree with you. More is not that bad. He, he's not terrible, Cowboy Nation. But the problem is with Moore, he's very young. He's inexperienced. He don't have a lot of experience. I tell people this all the time. A new broom can sweep the floor good, but that old broom can get those corners. And that was more problem. He he swept the floor good but never could get the corners. The Cowboys' average score last year before up until that Denver's game was 34 points a game. After the Denver game, uh, the Cowboys derailed themselves. Dak Prescott, shell of himself, if you want to say that. No no, no shade at Dak, but he has some things going on, in, in my opinion, because of his uh, play skill and his play and change. But we had no answer to pretty much making the necessary adjustments. The Cowboys went from averaging 34 points a game to 29 points a game. Lo and behold... Lo and behold, they still finished number one in offense. But when we look and we talk about those numbers, number one in total yards, number one as it relates to points scored, which is good. Those were also spiked because we played against the Eagles and the Washington football team, and we blew out those boys by crazy numbers, right? And bam, we hit up Atlanta, and we ran through those birds, right? So – yeah, when you look at those numbers, you can say they're obscure, but you can only play what's on your schedule. I can't wait for the 2022 excuses of why this offense is still going to be top five because they're going to say, well, you're playing against team in the NFC East. Uh, this is the thing. My thoughts is with Kellen Moore. Can he become better? Can he get better? Yeah. He can. He can. What were you guys expecting? What were the Cowboys expecting for a 32-year-old offensive coordinator, third year ever calling plays? And I'm not using that as bevies of excuses, but what were they expecting? For him to have all of the answers? Now, I could tell you right now, we thought, from a fan perspective that Mike McCarthy would step in and say, hey, I'm bailing out my my young guy in his playoff game or in games that he's struggling in, and I'm going to call the plays. But sometimes things are better learned by yourself. And Mike McCarthy is looking at Kelly Moore in that particular light. He didn't step in. See <laughs> Burleson said McVeigh. Yeah, McVeigh got it out of the mud for a long time. He didn't get rapid promotions like Kelly Moore. McVeigh was holding that clipboard when he was 22, 21, 20, <laughs> 23, 24, what have you. 
on the Washington team, what have you. But Kellen Morgan had rapid promotions real quickly. But there are some things that you have to learn by yourself. And what time it is? It's 11 o'clock. It's 11 o'clock. And all the fathers here that's watching right now. There are some things that you have to learn by yourself. That you didn't call your daddy to come over to your house. To teach you. I'm trying to keep it PG-13 as much as I can. But when you with your wife, you definitely ain't finna call daddy to, come on over here, daddy, teach me how to do this. Mm-mm, no, there are some things that you have to learn by yourself. Happy Father's Day to you all that's watching. Those who are old, old enough to understand what I'm talking about know what I'm saying. Right? You ain't finna call you. Dad, come on over here, man. Teach me. Here's, here's my wife. That's my lady. Come on over here. Teach me how to do this. No, you had to learn out by yourself. And that, my friend, takes time. <laughs> yeah. Let that sink in. So sometimes you got to learn on your own. Swan says that he just got his son to go to bed. Yeah. One hour, eight minutes. Appreciate your ass, Motors, man. Appreciate you so much for letting me know I'm over my time. Man. Yup, big. He said, same <laughs> to you, Law. Yeah. Something. You gotta you gotta learn by yourself, man. Mike. McCarthy, can you show me? No, Kellen. And then Mike McCarthy had to be on the intellect or the mindset to know that if I take over this playbook, that the Jones family would turn on me so quickly because if I expose myself, because I'm out of football for a year, right? And if I take over the said playbook, and if I fool around wet the bed, if I fool around stomp the toe, they're going to be looking at it from the other points of view. That why in the world do we need Mike McCarthy? Because the Kellen Moore was averaging 34 points a game. And now Mike McCarthy gets it. And now they losing. They lose out. Now they're going to be looking at it clearly like it's Mike McCarthy's fault. And he lose all leverage. And now, they're going to say, hey, Mike, we like your time here. We like you, but we don't need you anymore, and we want to elevate Kellen Moore. We see that he have all of the promises and the dreams and the hopes that we want for the future. You are now in the past, and it could be that news out of Oxnard or Frisco or Arlington. Unbelievable breaking news. Kellen Moore is now the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys due to Mike McCarthy is stepping down for personal reasons. Now, uh, that's unknown to what's going on. Uh, reports are coming out that Kellen Moore is now the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> that could literally happen. 
And you guys would be sitting there like, yeah, get out of get 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 out of here, Mike McCarthy. We didn't want you anyway, right? <laughs> so those were the ramp those those would have been the ramifications if Mike McCarthy took over the playbook or the play calling and the Cowboys lose a game or what have you. No matter what was no matter if the score was only by two or three points. Law, do you have any truth to that? <sighs> we Barely lost to the cards, right? Y'all acting like the cards blew us out by three or four touchdowns, right? Oh, the Cowboys lost to the cards. Ah, crash and burn time. The Cowboys lost to the Raiders. Barely. It's ready to be crash and burn time. But I can only imagine if Mike McCarthy was calling those two games there and we were to lose how quickly you guys will be saying, well, we need him anyway for, you know, we got Dan Quinn, dog. We got Ellen Moore. Let's roll with those two guys. Uh, Mike McCarthy, this is from Coach Ma. appreciate you, man, uh, for that. Uh, he says, Mike McCarthy need to give NFL mentorship. No law. He can't let him learn by himself because he has a team that has to come first. I feel you on that. I absolutely feel you on that. <laughs> I do, uh, Coach Marv. But we are in a game of political warfare with the football, political football. Right? We are playing in a game of political warfare. And I do one million percent agree that Mike McCarthy should have said, give me this playbook, kid. Sit down somewhere. Let me show you. How to call these plays. White 80, Zulu, flanker, right one. You know, whatever play they call out, right? <laughs> and this is how you're supposed to call this running play. But he lose all leverage. Mike McCarthy know what's up. I'm quite sure. I'm quite sure that Mike McCarthy had another offensive coordinator in mind when he got that job for the Cowboys. And Jerry Jones looked Mike McCarthy in his eyes. Get your damn act together. And said, if you're going to hire, if you want this job, Kelly Moore. <laughs> Big says, uh, we barely lost to every team we lost to except Denver. And we are not that far, guys. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> you install it, you call it. Yep. That is exactly like and he, Mike McCarthy really explained that in his presser. <laughs> All I can do is advise. I can I'm not going to give any more extra input. And if you burn down the house, you put it out. You put out the fires. I'm not going to do anything. I'm the walk around head coach. It, hey, it's, it's not fair, but I'm only going to look at things and do everything from a retroactive aspect, not a proactive aspect. But that coach, but that coach over there, I can, I lit, I'm literally learning this that I could talk to you guys for days, man. Shout out to Asmodeus, man. Let me get up out of here. But I know for sure that that coach over there in Ravensland. When he had some uh, disputes with his offensive coordinator, 
and he know that hey, he wanted to win. He know how he wanted his program to be ran. He snatched that playbook and said, "I'm going to call the play." What's what's Harbaugh's name? I keep getting those Harbaugh's mixed up. But that Harbaugh says, "Look, I'm going. If, if we're going to lose, we're going to lose on my watch." Did they win the Super Bowl that year? Y'all let me know. Cowboy Nation. So, yeah, some sometimes there are things. That was John. I thought they won the Super Bowl that year when he took the playbook and said, I'm going to call it. I'm going to call the plays. Right? Coach Marv says, appreciate you so much, Coach Marv, man. Appreciate you. He might have lost leverage with the Jones law, but he will lose the playoffs, the players, which is worse. Yeah, yeah, he will lose the players, which is worse. True. Once again, Coach Marv is right. He might have lost leverage with the players. But he will lose the players, right? He might have lost leverage with the, the Jones law, yeah. Which is worse. Mike McCarthy is a survivor. He's been around for a long time through the 49ers land, through the Saint, was it uh, the New Orleans Saints? He also coached with the Green Bay Packers. And the only people that had something negative to say about him was Aaron Rodgers. So coach know how to move politically. Yep. So going into the fourth year, going into the fourth year of Kelly Moore, I'm telling you guys right now that sometimes you got to teach your students with fire. That stove is hot. That stove is hot. And then they touch the stove and they realize it's hot. That, my friend, is exactly what I believe the philosophy in the way that Mike McCarthy is teaching Kellen Moore. The stove is hot. And how you handle it, if you don't take care of it, it will burn you. And Kellen Moore did all of the installments. And he said, remember... That stove is hot. And Kelly Moore did his same ways of teaching and philosophy. Now, we do know one thing for sure. That this offseason, the Jones family already indicated that they have favors for other coaches or coach. So now there's an invisible wall that Mike McCarthy got his back up against 
right? And one thing that I can tell you guys right now, that if he really want to win and solidify his legacy, then he would do it at all costs. I don't think that there's a tomorrow as it relates to another year for Mike McCarthy. Six and ten, a lot of people were not satisfied with that. Let me rewind it just a little bit. Six and ten, a lot of people wasn't satisfied with that. Twelve and five, people still not satisfied with that. Speaking of 12 and 5, 26 years, people are not satisfied with that. No, they're angry. They're frustrated. They're looking for answers. They're looking for reasons. They say, Law, you always say everyone have a reason. But results are what matter. Well, dogged, a playoff win will not change your desire, your hunger for this. There's one thing that can save Mike McCarthy here, and that's the Super Bowl. And he should know that. So his back is against the wall, regardless of how people look at it. And I'm not saying that the Cowboys went in the Super Bowl for saying that, right, Cowboy Nation? This is a prove it matter. Right? Why you think a man get fined for having practices too physical. Why you think a man said, you know what, instead of eating my oodles and noodles, I'm going out there on the road and I want to look at these draft prospects. Not just Will McClay. Because he know what's up. See, people got to look at this thing differently. His legacy is out there on the line, right? Regardless of how you can look at this. So Mike McCarthy, it's all up to him. It's Super Bowl or bust, unfortunately, for him, believe it or not. And if not, we will hear, let me pause my music once again, because we will hear this right here, Cowboy Nation. We will. Pause for me for a couple seconds. Cowboys fired head coach, and now they are shopping for a new one. Uh, in the intermediate, in the intermediate time, in the interim time, there will be Dan Quinn as the head coach, followed by Kellen Moore. There will be resumes and everything else shopping for the 2023 season. That's exactly what will happen, Cowboy Nation. Unfortunately, so Mike McCarthy know what's up. <laughs> He do. <laughs> In the interim, you know. <laughs> so I tell people this all the time. There's one thing a man should always do. Mainly to himself be true. Never allow someone to change your point of view unless what they bring makes sense to you. Never judge a man by height alone nor by the sight. He has grown. And when speaking, keep it at a moderate tone because raised voices turns hearts into stone. You see, in the beginning, it was brother, our robber brother. Kill for brother. The morals of life live love and respect for another. 
then there are those who will be smart with it. They'll take a decent man and alter his heart until they seek to rip him apart. Those man, no man, shall call friend because they bend lies around the truth until they meet their end. Cowboy Nation and everyone that's listening, that's been my time. I really thank you all for yours. Oh, yeah. And remember, you're listening to nothing but the past. Let's go, Cowboy Nation. Let's go. Appreciate everybody, man. Happy Father's Day to you all. Thank you, everybody, for jumping in. Hey, Eagles, Washington Commanders, as well as the Giants, don't forget to call your daddy before the 12 o'clock hit and tell him Happy Father's Day. That's Dak Prescott. <laughs> Trip Aces, man. What love, baby. Appreciate you. Let's get up out of here. <laughs> Cowboy Nation. Y'all, let's go. Stephen White, let's get it. One star, one family. Nowadays, nothing Gracia. really is nice. Only one of me and nobody's like me. Phone ringing and I tell him it's ice. I got boy for y'all, I'm blinging she ice. Freeze, freeze, photo, photo. You know, shout out to Coach Mar, man. Appreciate you so much. Uh, Cowboy Nation, don't forget to hit up the website. That's lawnationsports.com. Where you check out all of my latest and greatest information. That rules the nation. Run it up. I used to be quiet and out of luck. Now I move up and move humble cause they hating the jealousy. My mama telling me count up your blessings and run it up. Nowadays nothing really is ice. Only one of me and nobody's like me. Phone ringing and I tell him it's ice. I got wifey for y'all, I'm blinging she ice. Freeze, photo, photo, please, no photos, no no, jeez, no no, no, please, no photos. I keep giving game away. I put game on layaway. I got paid to play today. Check I got paid to stay away. I get paid on rainy days. All my, all my content right up in here on Law Nation Sports. Take the pain away. In my own lane, finger roll. I would never sell my only soul. Heard your whole team was for sale. Heard this on the market for the low. Who the realest we might never know. All this acting, you gon' play a role. Give you the world when they sign you up. Try you out and then they line you up. Ooh. Now you're looking hungry, ribs are touching, need some food. Now you're all on live acting, surprised, but you was fooled. Boy, get out the way, it's been a day, now you're old news. Now you got the pen and pad, you're trying to take my moves. Nowadays, nothing really is ice. Only one of me and nobody's like me. Phone ringing and I tell him it's ice. I got wifey, y'all, I'm blinging she. Freeze, photo, please. 24-7, no, no, please, no photos. Run it back. Philadelphia, I think this is a visual of what Philadelphia was talking about, but let's listen to him. We answered, I talked stuff, I thought we had it, but it goes to show you who's a better team, and I'm sticking Cowboys. <laughs> you're, you're crying. I'm hurt. 
I love my Eagles. I don't believe it. You gonna flap the hat one more time for the Eagles? With the hard fight they did. Let's go, birds fly, Eagles fly. Still Super Bowl champion. Oh man, I bet you. I bet you she got Cowboys lingerie on up under there, boy. The way she just put him in that box. <laughs> he said, I'm hurt. <laughs> and she said, you crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. I bet you y'all can't sleep because y'all going to be listening to that all night, man. <laughs> The two teams, in my opinion, with the greatest rivalry as far as this city is concerned, took the field. And the team from this city, they didn't even show up. We got out-coached. We got out-physical. We got out-manned. We got out-wanted to. We got out-aggressive. You, you name it. Any <laughs> adjective that you can come up with, the Dallas Cowboys outdid us in that way. Because if there's two games that you get up for, you get up for the damn Dallas Cowboys. The two teams, in my opinion, with the greatest rivalry as far as the- <laughs> Oh, my gosh, man. Let me get up out of here, man. One love to y'all. Thank those who stayed. But, man, she said, you, you, you crying. <laughs> FBI, open up! <laughs> hey. Oh. Let go. <laughs> Tell him. Now, so the cocaine's happening. When does that crack come into play for you? Take a drink of my cigarette. me out. you We are foul, baby. My love. Here you go. You know it's dangerous to go alone. Don't let the street lights hit you. Can I be your player too? I follow wherever you go. Come on. Whatever you do. all the way to this point and you have not shared or subscribed or hit that like Paper crank 
I want so me some glory hope. So far, give a paper green can fly. Then forever doesn't feel that far. So far, so far. If a paper grain can fly, fly on, fly on, fly on, fly on, fly on. Let me hear it again. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. No doubt. <laughs> we about, baby. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> that's what, that's what it got. Just dropped it.